welcome to the Nutrition by Samantha podcast. I'm your host, Samantha, nutritionist who is on a mission to cut through the nutrition confusion and help you become the healthiest version of you. In this podcast, you'll find expert advice on all things binge and emotional eating, sustainable fat loss, sports nutrition, and all things in between. I hope you leave each episode inspired and empowered to make smarter eating choices. Now, let's get into the episode. Welcome to another episode. So today we're talking about gut health, what are the warning signs of poor gut health, how to improve your gut health, and then at the end I'll answer some questions I frequently get on improving gut health and foods for gut health too. So I had a pretty rough weekend that just passed. Me and my husband go for Carlton and if you follow the AFL you would know that they missed out on getting into the finals by one point. So it was pretty rough and I think it's taken us a few days to get over the heartbreak of the loss, but that's okay. The new weekend coming up now and we're going out for Asian food. So I love Asian food or Asian fusion. Um, We're going to get ramen and I bloody love ramen. And this is yum as place in Torquay called Sober Ramen. They do awesome cocktails with their ramen too. Um, so yeah, looking forward to that. Now, the recommendation for food I have this week is Paul's Low-Fat Chocolate Mousse. So if you're in Australia and you shop at Woolies or Coles, head to the fridge section and next to the yogurts there is Paul's Low-Fat Chocolate Mousse. It is 75 calories per one, which is amazing for a chocolate mousse and perfect for a dessert option. I always recommend a dessert for my clients because it just helps with satiety um, and not feeling restricted on your weight loss journey as well. And you also have something yum to look forward to at the end of the day. So yeah, that's something I would recommend if you're for, for anyone really, but if you're in a weight loss journey and you're struggling to find balance with your diet, allow yourself to have some chocolate mousse at night to tie you over and no it's not going to really hinder your weight loss results as it's just so low in calories so yeah it's my recommendation with weight loss it is important to know that you can still have fun foods and that's what I like to show my clients is that you can have fun foods and you can still reach your goals you just got to balance everything out and you will be fine and you will see the results sometimes when we're too strict we end up just going backwards because all we're thinking about is a food that we can't have and then all of a sudden we binge on the foods that we actually do want so if we end up just balancing the foods that we do want into our diet into our calorie intake the results will come promise all right well let's get started on today's topic of gut health um I'm sure you've heard that having a healthy gut is imperative for optimal health, right? Now, there are some warning signs of poor gut health that are easy for you to spot. So this could be things like bloating. So remember when we're talking about bloating, it's a hard, distended stomach. So painful to touch, very uncomfortable, whereas a full stomach is more so just after a meal, it just expands a bit like the natural expanding that a stomach would do. So... First one's bloating. Second is going through bouts of either constipation or diarrhea. So if you're just getting like explosive diarrhea all the time, that is a warning sign that there's something going not going right in your gut. 
And that's the same with constipation. If you're struggling to go to the toilet every single day, this is not good. You shouldn't really have to strain to go to the toilet. It should just easily sort of come out. And with that, we do want to be going to the toilet every single day, almost like clockwork. Like, you know, the time of the day you need to go to the toilet. If we can go every day, that's amazing. Um, sometimes I get clients that go once in one to two weeks. That is crazy to me. And getting them from a place to going once every one to two weeks to going um, every single day is huge. And the relief that they feel, and they just feel lighter and they actually feel like they're bound to be emptied and they just feel so much better because they're literally just not backed up anymore. Backed up with shit. <laughs> so yeah, next one is heartburn or preflux. That's another sign of poor gut health. Strong cravings for sugar or just strong cravings in general. Um, the sudden urgency to go to the bathroom. So if you're just like, oh my God, instantly need to go to the bathroom, that's not a good sign of um, good gut health either. If you're getting stomach cramping throughout the day, not like period cramping, but you know, you're eating and then all of a sudden you've got this like agonizing pain, that's another sign. Um, low mood such as depression or anxiety that's another sign of poor gut health and PMS symptoms as well so if your gut is imbalanced unfortunately there are some really um, not so good side effects that come from it that you probably won't be able to notice from the outside so this can be struggling to absorb your nutrients so if you're constipated or you have diarrhea or your gut health you don't have a strong like intestines, strong, um, yeah, like a strong gut, your body's going to struggle to absorb nutrients. So our nutrients are absorbed through our small intestine. And if our stools are passing through way too quickly or way too slowly, it could be a sign that the small intestine is going to be struggling to absorb the nutrients. So we want to make sure that our bowel movements are really well, really well formed and going through the small intestine quite easily so that your nutrients are being absorbed. Because sometimes when we have poor gut health, this can lead to iron deficiency or other nutrient deficiencies. The main one I see is iron deficiency, unfortunately. You may also struggle to... Sorry, you may also gain body fat as well if your gut is imbalanced. So if you're struggling to lose weight, it could be a sign that you have poor gut health. You struggle to regulate your blood sugar levels, struggle to eliminate toxins, um, and struggling to eliminate excess hormones as well. And this could lead to PMS symptoms. So the way we get rid of excess estrogen is through our stools. And if we're not going to the toilet every single day, the excess estrogen is being reabsorbed back into our body and this is going to lead to the really annoying PMS symptoms. So it's super important that we are regular with our bowel movements and I have so many clients that actually notice a huge difference to their PMS when they are regular with their bowel movements and their diet has been improved. You may have an impaired immune system or develop allergies or intolerances. So there's some warning signs that you may not 100% notice straight away, but could be going on inside your body. But there is great news. The leading cause of poor gut health is an inadequate diet. This means healing your gut can be easily improved by simply changing your diet. 
no expensive supplements, no fancy protocols. Just by fixing up your diet, you can see a huge difference. I have so many clients that I just make small tweaks to their diet. Like there's nothing overly wrong with their diet. But once I make some small improvements, all of a sudden they're regular. They're feeling so much better. Their bloating has come down. And just huge changes have been made or with just a few tweaks. And they're still eating their normal foods. So we'll go through that in a moment. But with, if any of those warning signs I mentioned before came up for you before, it is important to look at your diet and where improvements can be made before we do start any supplements or fancy regimes or anything. Um, each week, we need 30 different types of plants in our diet. This might sound ridiculously high, but it's really going to be so easy to achieve once I give you these five tips to help. So number one is to add nuts and seeds into your diet. Now this could be adding nut butter to smoothies, adding sunflower seeds or pine nuts to salads, top the meals with sesame seeds, make your own nut and seed, seed slice, and all these different types of nuts and seeds add up to that 30 amount of different types of plants. The second way is to add herbs and spices to your meals. So you can top salads with um, coriander or basil, uh, you could cook meats with a different like different types of spices so um you could do like paprika garlic powder that sort of thing would all be great add rosemary on top of baked potatoes also also if you haven't added cinnamon on top of baked potatoes this is a side note it's actually bloody delicious so just give it a try put it in the oven with some cinnamon on top like ground cinnamon not like a stick of cinnamon amazing speaking of cinnamon you can also add it to morning oats or smoothies and cooking with garlic and onion. So that's another way that you can improve the variety and increase the variety of different types of plants in your diet. Yes, garlic, onion, herbs, spices, or different types, they all count. Number three is have one cooked meal with vegetables, sorry, one meal with cooked vegetables and one meal with uncooked vegetables a day. This way you're getting different types of plants in your diet and when some vegetables are cooked, they are easily absorbed, you're able to easily absorb the nutrients, whereas some when they're raw are a little bit harder um, and they also digest differently in the body as well. So this could be having a tuna salad for lunch and then a chicken stir fry for dinner or having a falafel and salad wrap for lunch, and then a vegetarian shepherd's pie for dinner. A couple of different ways you can do a cooked and uncooked um, version. Now, this is a recommendation I would give to people that are very experienced in their diet and very knowledgeable in eating well, because if you're just starting out, having one cooked meal and one uncooked meal can just add a whole lot more confusion to your diet. So if you find you're nailing everything else and you just want that extra thing to help, you know, really get your diet in the best possible shape, then that could be something you can start doing. Um, and then number four is adding probiotics to meals such as sauerkraut, yogurt, miso, tempeh, sourdough, kefir. Those things are all really helpful for gut health. So ways you can do this is by adding sauerkraut or kimchi to salads, have some Greek yogurt as a snack or put in smoothies, cook with tempeh or swap your bread to a sourdough bread. Going on from that, I think I should quickly explain the difference between a prebiotic and a probiotic. So we mentioned prebiotics before when I was talking about like nuts, seeds, garlic, onion, they're all really great sources of prebiotics. Um, now, prebiotics is the fiber that comes from the food we eat, and fiber is 
indigestible carbohydrates that ferment in the gut and colon, and that makes up the bulk of your stools. And probiotics are the live bacteria found in certain foods or supplements. So the way they work together is the bacteria, so the probiotics in the gut, eat the fiber of the prebiotics. Now, prebiotics don't contain bacteria. They are simply there to help bacteria grow from the probiotics. So that's pretty much how, how, it, how it works. Now, the last recommendation I have for improving your gut health through your diet is to add resistance starch to your meals. So this means that this means they are sorry. Resistant starch means it means they are resistant to digestion and helps feed the good bacteria in your um, in your gut, and then it increases the stool bulk and can help with bowel movement speed. So it helps getting things moving, so it doesn't cause constipation, but it also increases the stool bulk, so you're not getting diarrhea. Now this has shown to have loads of benefits. So it's shown to help with weight loss and heart health as well. It can also improve blood sugar management, insulin sensitivity, and digestive health, obviously. And some examples of this are cooked and cooled potatoes. So just say you're cooking your potatoes and next day you have it for lunch. Perfect. That's a great source of resistant starch. Um, And that's the same with pasta and rice. You can cook and cool them too. You can add green banana powder to your smoothies or eat a green banana and oats. So having your porridge um, in the morning is a great way to add resistant starch into your meals. So just quickly to recap, the five ways, add nuts and seeds, add herbs and spices, have one cooked one meal with cooked vegetables and one meal with uncooked vegetables a day, add probiotics to your meals, and add resistance st- starch to your meals as well. So that's, not, that's the five there. So... Now that you know the um, the ways that you can improve your gut health, let's talk about some common questions I get asked um, about gut health. So firstly, what I get asked is, what is a microbiome? Now, your gut microbiome is made up of trillions of microorganisms and their genetic material that live in your intestinal tract. These microorganisms are made up of bacteria, which are involved in functions critical to your health and well-being. So we have bacteria, viruses, fungi, and other microscopic living things, and these are referred to as microorganisms or microbes. Now, trillions of these microbes exist in your intestines and on your skin, and most of the microbes are found in your large intestine. Now, there are roughly 40 trillion bacterial cells in your body and 30 trillion human cells. This means you are more bacteria than human. What's more, there are... 1,000 species of bacteria in the human gut microbiome, and each of them plays a different role in your body, most of them extremely important for your health, while others may cause disease. Now, did you know that your gut microbiome starts as soon as you're born? So when you pass through your mum's birth canal, the microbes you you get from your mother's birth canal that come into your mouth um, and on your skin is what starts your microbiome. Biome. So that's why there's a lot of studies that compare the differences in like health or health outcomes from people born through um, C-section compared to um, through the birth canal. Sometimes even mothers ask the doctors to put 
this sounds disgusting, but put their mother's vaginal fluids, I guess you'd call it, or into the baby's mouth to start the microbiome process the way that it would have if it was a um, a birth happening instead of a C-section. I don't know how else I could explain it without it sounding absolutely disgusting, but it, that's just how it is and that's how your, your microbiome starts. And then it sort of develops as thing as as you get older like little things like the, I think I read a study like if you grew up in a household from when you were a baby with a um with a pet you're gonna have a stronger microbiome to compare to somebody that doesn't because you've had all these different bacteria build up into your um, immune system if you have an imbalance of healthy and unhealthy microbes um, this is called gut dysbiosis and it could contribute to weight gain so this is why it's important to ensure that your gut health is in tip top position now going on to the next question is what is the diet best for optimal gut health now studies show over and over again that consuming a wide variety of vegetables whole grains legumes nuts seeds create a healthy gut microbiome one study compared the gut of children living in Africa who consumed a large variety of plants compared to those in Europe that followed a typical Western diet. This study found that African children had more types of bacteria overall, which um, many of them were the anti-inflammatory type, which means that it's reducing the risk of disease. Some of the beneficial bacteria found in African children's bellies were non-existent in the European children's gut, which had fewer types of bacteria. So when cooking your meal, ensure you have a wide variety of plants on your plate, aim for three and then increase. Um, and if vegetables aren't appealing to you, you can try covering them in condiments like butter, soy sauce, salt, pepper, whatever it is that will help you get those different types of plant fibers in. Super, super important. So, and then you want to build up to getting 30 different types each week. And um, next question is, should I take a probiotic whilst on antibiotics? Yes, antibiotics wipe out both good and bad bacteria. So when we take a probiotic, this is gonna to help to rebalance the good bacteria back into our gut. You may have noticed uh, when you have taken antibiotics that it might have caused diarrhea, headaches, nausea, thrush. This is because we're wiping out all the good bacteria from our gut and it's causing these symptoms. So by taking probiotics, this is gonna really help prevent these side effects. Uh, next question is, what is the best probiotic to buy? Now, different strains help combat different types of conditions. However, for just overall health, the best probiotic, um, sorry, best probiotic I could recommend is one with at least 10 different strains of bacteria and have at least 50 billion CFU, which means colony-forming colony units. Next one is, is yogurt a good source of probiotics? Uh, it depends on the yogurt you are having. Many types of yogurt on the market do not contain active probiotic strains. So when, when yogurt is pasteurized and sterilized, it kills off any living beneficial bacteria. And it's after this process that the bacteria is added back into the yogurt. Um, so you can find out if your yogurt has probiotics in them, like put back into them by checking the package or on the website. If it has live cultures in the ingredients, what strains of bacteria are in them, or how many CFUs, you're getting per serve, this is a good sign that the um, yogurt has probiotics added back into them. Um, what can I do to ensure I have a healthy gut and microbiome? 
as I mentioned before, a healthy whole food diet can help promote the health and diversity of our gut bacteria. So consuming a variety of plants, whole grains and legumes, nuts, seeds, garlic, onions, spices, everything is going to help really diversify our gut microbiome and then adding in your fermented foods as well. So that is all I have for you today. I really hope you found this beneficial um, on ways to improve your gut health. If any of the warning signs came up for you before, I strongly recommend looking at your diet and fixing it. Um, if you have no idea where to start with diet, please book in a consultation with me and I can help you get you on the right path. Remember, you don't have to do anything extreme to help fix your gut health. It can really easily be done by making a few tweaks to your diet and you can see massive improvements. So book a consultation in with me um, and yeah, we can get started on helping out your, your gut health. And the link for that will be in the notes below the episode. Well, I hope you all have a lovely day and I look forward to chatting with you next week. Bye.